Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. So good to have you here with us today for episode 349. We'll get another great show for you as we're going to be talking with Desmond Clark, who is a, uh, a former NFL football player and a student here at the Speaker Lab. Now, Desmond is someone that, uh, that has always had a passion for public speaking, and I'm really excited for you to hear how he took his side gig as a speaker and really turned it into a full-time career and how he discovered the tools to help him build a successful business and ultimately how you can do the same. In spring of 2020, just as the world was starting to shut down, he had launched his first book and, and it was really with the pandemic, like all of us, he was forced to figure out a, a new rhythm in the virtual space. He has since learned a ton about building confidence in his message, the value of systems and processes, uh, the importance of building relationships. And today he is booking gigs left and right. I couldn't be more proud of him and the work that he has put in. In fact, uh, we started recording this right before uh, he had just come from a speaking gig. And so he is, and we talked a little bit about that as well. Uh, so it's, it's really, it's been a privilege to be a part of Desmond's journey. He has been putting in the work. There's so much to learn from his experience. And, uh, this is really a fun episode. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Desmond Clark. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, we are chatting with Desmond Clark, who is a uh, successful speaker and a student here at the Speaker Lab. Uh, and in fact, um, we right before we started recording here, you just came from a speaking gig. So you hopped on here. You're like, dude, I just finished a gig, literally just came off stage, uh, a, a, not a virtual one, a live in-person one, rushed in to, uh, to be here. So uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand. Sound like the gig went well today? It went really well, um, and it was one that was near and dear because uh, this is my first time speaking um, in a year and a half in person, and yeah. I had to do it back here at home to a group of um, youth and um, other people right here from my hometown. My uh, my wife and daughters, we'd always joke about um, – uh, the best gigs that I would ever do were the gigs where I was gone, none sleeps. And so anytime you can do something that's local, you don't have to really go anywhere, drive there, be home by lunch, and then uh, hop on and hang out with us is a, is a good day. So uh, Desmond, again, we appreciate the time. Why don't you start by just giving us a, a snapshot of uh, who you are, your background, who do you speak to, uh, and how does speaking fit into your, your overall business? Yeah, um, most people know me because I played 12 years in the NFL. Um, most of that time in Chicago, eight years in Chicago. Um, after retiring from football, I got into financial services and insurance um, before I recently started to focus on, on speaking. Um, and the reason that I started to focus on speaking more so is just because I could live out my purpose in the best fashion um, that, that I see to, to live out that purpose, just influencing other people. And we can get into that a little bit later about that, that written purpose statement, but that's why I decided to go this route. I've always done it. Um, I've been speaking 
professionally since 2013, but it was more of a side hustle and I wanted to turn it into a real career. Um, now I speak primarily to associations and businesses. Um, I speak to a lot of businesses that have individual teams within the business mm -hmm. and then um, speak to some youth organizations also. That makes up probably 85% of, of the, the audience that I speak to. What's the past year been like for you where you were doing a lot of speaking uh, prior to uh, to the pandemic, to COVID, uh, and then that hits? What, what, did you just go all virtual or what, how did you pivot or, or shift throughout that? Yeah, it, it's funny because um, before the pandemic, it was in October of 2019 when I said, hey, let me shift my focus to this and I want to start doing it full time. Mm -hmm. That's when I said, let me write the book so I have a platform to speak from. And I released the book in April of 2020 and boom, everything flowed down. <laughs> and, and I had geared up for this moment because I, I, I knew I can get on stages and get in front of people. But then once the pandemic hit, you know, you, you couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. So like most of everybody else just had to shift and, and find that new stage, which was virtual. Uh, it took a little while uh, for me to understand how to pitch myself and, and how to go about it. But I would say June, July of, of 2020, it just started to take off again. And in between July and the end of the year, I did about 20, 22 different um, vir virtual presentations. Are you still, and we're recording this at the beginning of the summer uh, in 2021. Are you still doing a decent amount of virtual? Are you finding that the in-person stuff is starting to come back more and more? It's coming back. Uh, as, as you mentioned, I, I did my first, my first live one today, which was really good and refreshing because you get to see faces and, and connect with people. I have another live one coming up in about um, two weeks up in Philadelphia. But primarily everything, most of the stuff is still virtual as people still are trying to figure out different protocols and how they're going to start bringing people back into the office and, and everything that goes along with that. But it's good to know that it's starting to come back. Uh, it's, it's one thing to speak, speak virtually, but man, it's a whole nother feeling to get in front of people. You can't quite compare it. Uh, like the, the, the idea of just being in front of a live audience and you're actually able to like interact with them, see their expressions and tell if they're with you or not. And, and that sort of thing. Like it, it's uh, hard to compete with a, a live in-person audience. Absolutely. Today, for instance, um, I was speaking, like I said, to a youth organization and parents and staff and people were there too. But I was telling the story about me being weak and, and people don't necessarily believe when I tell them that I was slow, weak and um, small for a tight end. Uh, and I wasn't a great athlete, but it was this kid that was sitting there and I was telling them about my combine experience. 225 is, is the test that you do, the bench press test. Mm -hmm. I did it 12 times at the combine as a professional, uh, trying to be a professional athlete. And I asked this kid, I was like, how old are you? He said 15. So how many times can you do 225? And I can tell they play ball. And he was like, I could do it way more than 12. <laughs> so, um, you know, being able to connect with people like that, that is, is just a different feel. It's a different um, kind of experience when you can talk directly to people and make points rather than being on, on a virtual stage and, and not be able to connect with people in, in that in that way and his mom was there and I had another interaction with with him towards the end and she literally started crying because right. she was like that's what my kids needed to hear and you just can't get that virtually like you can in, in person.
Yeah, that's so true. All right. I want to go back in time for a second here. So you, uh, you, you, you grew up, ended up again, like you mentioned, played in the, in the league, played, uh, at Wake Forest actually prior to going into the NFL and then, uh, played in the league for 12 years. Did you always want to be, uh, in, uh, in the NFL or, uh, at what point were you starting to think about, uh, speaking, were you spe- thinking about speaking even while you were playing or were you just like, man, I'm just, I'm playing football right now and I'm, I'm living the dream. We'll figure out speaking or whatever later down the road. Like when, when did speaking kind of come in the mix? I actually started speaking in college. Okay. I'm a communications major. Nice. Actually, um, as a, a college football player, they would ask us to go out. Well, some of us to go out and, and speak <laughs> to, um, different places. And I, I was one that always volunteered to do it because I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I enjoy going out, just telling stories and connecting with people. So it actually started at an early age. I was probably maybe 19 or 20 when I actually started, you know, speaking, you know, at, on an amateur level. And over time, it just became something that I was naturally um, good at and drawn to. More, more importantly, I, I just want to use my story and my experiences to help others you know, be the best that they, they can be. And, um, that's, that's kind of what, that, that's what draws me to this profession more than anything else. And like I said, it started at a very young, tender age. Yeah. How, uh, how is speaking similar or different, uh, than playing in the NFL or playing an NFL game where you've got 70, 80, 90, hundred thousand fans watching you and you may not be in front of an audience that many people, but you're, you're still like you're at center stage and, and people are watching you all the attentions on you. What's similar. What's different about it? Um, I think the differences are obvious. Like it's not, I'm not in, in combat. Like I'm not hitting yeah. anybody. Um, there's not as, as many people. Um, I don't have that opponent trying to like stop me and get in front of me. But there are so many uh, similarities that you may not think about. For me, it's game time all over again because I'm going out and I'm performing. I got a piece of advice. uh, I think it was like 2013, 2014. Wayne Mesmer, who is a uh, big-time speaker in Chicago, he said, Desmond, when you think about speaking, think about it as it's a one-man performance. It's a one-man show. And you have to get into character and you have to go out and perform. Mm-hmm. And once he told me that, that's how I've always approached it. Like going in there today, you know, people shaking hands and doing all, all of that kind of stuff that you do. But then I asked the person who put it together, can you show me the stage? Can you show me where I'm going to be? Because I have to get mentally prepared, just like I did for a football game. Yeah. I, you know, you got to put the studying in. Um, you got you to know your playbook. And the playbook now is, okay, how am I going to tailor my talk to make it impactful for this audience? And, and just like a game plan, you carry some of, some of the plays from week to week into every game plan, but then there's differences um, in, in that game plan from week to week because you're presenting or you, you're playing against different people. And now in this case, you're presenting to different audiences. So there's got to be some, some change-ups and, and there's got to be some differences in that game plan. But it's the same, you know, going into uh, speaking today, I had to put in the work. I had to, to study what I was going to say. I had to know my game plan. So when I got up there, I could perform well. And I, and I look at it the same way um, as I was performing play, as a football player. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it sounds like you had always been interested in speaking. Like you mentioned, even in college, you're a communication major. Um, my assumption would be even in the NFL, you're probably doing some speaking in the community from time to time on behalf of the team. And and uh, but you you finished up your your NFL career. You mentioned you were in finan- financial services. It sounds like you were still doing some speaking here and there, which is the case that a lot of people find themselves in. It's like I do some speaking either for my company or for an occasional conference or maybe at my church or something in my community, and I really enjoy it. And I want to do more, but I don't know what to do next. So like, where did you go from there of going like, I'm speaking a few times a year. This is cool. This is fun. I would love to do more of this. How do I actually make that happen? What would you do next? So for me, it, it was a couple of things. I, I had to stop being afraid. One. Um, because, what do you mean by that? Because if, if I was going to do this as a career, I, I had to come face to face with, it's going to be a struggle to, to get to where I want to be, right? It's not going to happen just like that. And and we talked about this a little offline. People would think just because he's an NFL player, okay, he gets all kinds of speaking gigs. No, I, I have to work for these things and I have to, you know, do the same due diligence as everybody else. I get my foot in the door probably a little bit quicker, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee anything. But I had to be, I had to stop being afraid of what if it don't work? What what if I what if I don't get out here? What if I get out here and I'm not as successful as I think I can be? And really, we we talked about this. And you talk about this a lot in the course that imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, does this even <laughs> does my message even resonate with people? Um, am I really good enough to do it? You know, I went through all of those same those same things. I just had to get to a point where I had to look at the evidence. When, whenever I go out and I speak, I hear the feedback. People talk to me. People tell me that they've been inspired. And I just had to start to believe in that evidence and believe in myself that if I go out and I learn a process, which was the second part of it, that I can get this done. Now, learn the process. I didn't, I didn't know how to go out and secure gigs on a, mm-hmm. you know, as a professional. Yeah. And that's when I turned to, to you guys and said, all right, I need to understand what's the ABCs and the one, two, threes to this business. I can go out and speak. I'm not worried about that. I can yeah. go out and speak, but who am I going to speak to? How am I going to get in front of these people? What's the process? What do I have to do? And then that's when I reached out to the speaker's lab and I talked to a few people that, that were part of your course. And I was like, this is, perfect. This is what I need. I need to have a process in place to make this work. And once I had that process in place, along with the belief in myself that I can actually do this and make an impact, now it's just going out and, and, and doing it, doing yeah. the process and, and crafting the, the, the talks that I, that I have. You talked a little bit about the kind of the limiting beliefs that you had. And uh, I think, you know, some people may be surprised to hear something like that. You were a professional athlete. You played at the highest level. You played in a Super Bowl. Uh, you have checked a lot of boxes and been like, man, this dude's successful. Like he can, he can do anything. But when you are, are transitioning to a different career path where you have some experience, but you're in many ways, it would probably, probably got to feel like you're starting over. Uh, I think people may be surprised to hear that, like, what do you mean you have limiting beliefs? What do you mean you have this imposter syndrome? You know, do you, do you still deal with that? Do you still battle with that today? Um, not, not in the same way. 
So now I'm, I'm, I'm developing a, a course, a group coaching course, right? Mm-hmm. And now I have to battle with that part of it. Yeah. Uh, all right, will, will this actually work? Yeah. I have what it takes to, to build this course and make it something that that's worth the money that I want to charge for it. Am I really going to be able to add that value? So it's, it's just different. Um, I think I conquered that demon of, am I good enough to get up on stage and make this impactful? Um, do I have a, a process that I can work through? I think I conquered that part, but as you continue to grow in this business, you're going to hit other obstacles. And as you hit those obstacles, I think it's, it's almost natural to question yourself um, sometimes. But at the end of the day, you, you have to develop that belief in yourself that you can get this, you can get this done. Um, and and I'm, I'm sure that you have some of these same beliefs starting this program like you started people see you now and it's, oh man, great. He's good at this. He's been, you know, he's, he's been doing this for years. Uh, of course he's good at it, but I'm sure when you started it, you had a lot of doubt. You had a lot of questions um, at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, like you said, all of us do, we all still have those, those same doubts and insecurities and fears and, and worries. Like why would anyone listen to me? And I do, there's plenty of people who know more about, you know, this topic or that topic than, than I do, or they're better speakers or whatever it may be. Hey friends, do you know the five steps to book more gigs and get paid as a speaker? Well, if not, listen up because these same five steps to help me to grow a seven-figure speaking career are all laid out in great detail in my latest book, The Successful Speaker. Five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, and building your platform. Whether you want to speak as a side hustle or your dream is to become a full-time professional speaker, I know what it takes. I share all of that with you in this definitive step-by-step roadmap. Let me be your guide. Learn from my mistakes. Get paid what you know you're worth to share your unique message on stage. If you want to read the first chapter for free or just check out the book, go to thespeakerlab.com slash book. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash book. Check out your copy of The Successful Speaker. I'm curious, especially early on, you kind of made the, the mental shift of like, okay, I want to go all in on this. I want to do this. I want to be a speaker. Were there times still early on where maybe you did a gig and maybe you bombed or it didn't go as well, or you didn't get the feedback or the reception that you had hoped for, and you were kind of left going like, maybe I made a mistake. Like, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should just stick with financial services, or maybe I should just do something else. Did you still, like, did those, those uh, the, the tiny voices in the back of your head, did they continue to creep up? Not in a sense, like, I should be doing something else. Um, I think since two, like I said, October, 2019, when I said, I want to go all in, yeah. um, I've had, I had plenty of practice leading up to that with the speaking part of it. So I, but I've had times where I didn't feel like I delivered as well as I could have or mm-hmm. should have. Um, but they, they always came back and said, you know what, that was, that was good. And here's the thing about that they don't know what you're supposed to say how you're supposed to yeah. say it, or any of that stuff but you know internally yep you know what you were feeling you know that maybe you didn't have the energy that you normally have or or you kind of stumbled over some stuff um but they don't know that so ultimately for me i know i'm gonna grade myself every time i go up on stage but 
what really counts is how they grade you. Yeah. And as long as I get that good grade back from them, then I'm okay. Because I know for myself, hey, I can't, I'm not going to be perfect every single time. But as long as I provided the value to my audience, the people who are paying for me to come there, yeah. oh, that's, that's most important to me. And then I could, I could deal with myself on the, on the other side. But to not provide that value to somebody else, that, that would crush me more than um, me having my internal uh, conflicts. You mentioned like, again, you, you've done a lot of speaking, you had a lot of experience, you made the decision, uh, the kind of the, the mental shift and the mindset of like, no, I can, I can do this. Like I've, I've done some speaking, I feel like I'm decent at it. Uh, I'm not the best, I'm not the worst, but there's something there, I can get better at it. Uh, and I want to do more of it. I just need someone to show me. I just need like, give me the X's and O's, give me the blocking and tackling, give me the basic stuff to know what to do next. And you mentioned that's how you first stumbled across us. Uh, and there's plenty of people who, who listen to the podcast or, or who follow along with the Speaker Lab who um, have followed along probably like you did for a period of time and, and continue to sit on the sidelines. So what caused you to finally decide like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to f- do this. I'm going to follow the system. I'm going to follow the process. I'm going to uh, uh, follow what it is that they teach. What caused you to, um, to make that shift? Um, first of all, I struggled with the price <laughs> at the beginning, but for me, I understand and I talk about it. I talk about investing into yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I talk about personal development and professional development. And I said, I can't talk about it if I'm not going to do it mm-hmm. because it, it's, it's hypocritical. Um, so that was, that was, probably the the biggest shift of this is what I tell everybody else to do. So Mm -hmm. I have to actually do it myself. Yeah. And, and I I looked at a couple programs. um, But when I studied the programs, it seemed like the speaker lab program was the best fit for what I was looking for. Yeah. The other programs, they, they want to help you um, be a better speaker which speaker lab does that also, but I didn't necessarily think that was the primary focus for myself yeah um and when i researched it it provided me with what i thought i needed and and at that point i looked at it and said this is what i need i i have to do it yeah um it's one of those things if you know if people say that they want to get better right um but they don't always want to go through the process of getting better because it takes work. It may take some investing in yourself. You may have to get a coach that's going to push you uh, past where you want to go. And when I think about, when I was thinking about all of those other things that I, that I try to get people to realize to get to that next point, I realized that I had to do the same thing. And that's just what it came down to. Um, I'm, I'm a person that I try to go by my own teachings, mm-hmm. <laughs> my own lessons, um, the things that I say to other people, I try to live it out um, the best that I can so I can be true to what I'm saying. And that's just really what it came down to because you know you know how we talk to other people. My, my thing is I'm always trying to get people from goals to tra- transition from goals to accomplishments. Mm-hmm. We, we all the time have all of these goals, right? Everybody set these goals. But I'm, I'm, I'm so focused on trying to get people from having goals to accomplishments 
and I had to, I had to say to myself, well, Des, this is a goal for you also. So how do you get from the goal to accomplish, accomplishment? Yeah, I'm like the coach to these other people. I need to coach for myself to get me from point A to point B. And that's really what it came down to and really why I searched out, you know, you and others and decided to go with the speaker lab. Uh, that that makes a ton of sense of, of you have, again, all throughout your career, you've had coaches in your in your world who have helped you with whether it's positions or, or strength or whatever it may be um, as a professional athlete. So going, okay, I'm going to now take this next step to become a, a professional speaker. So working with people who have been where you want to be um, and, and, and helping you to help guide you to, uh, to, to build and grow that speaking business. So talk to us about like, what's the experience been like? You mentioned that you joined uh, our program uh, a little less than two years ago or so. Um, talk to us about what the experience has been like, but then also um, share with us. Um, I'd love to hear like, like uh, some results, like how many gigs have you booked? Um, any numbers that you're, you're comfortable or willing to share? Like give us paint some type of picture for us here. Yeah. And actually I um, started your program back in November, November or December. Okay. 2020. So it, it has, it hadn't been that long. Yeah. Um, but I, I think for, for me, the, the biggest payoff of going through that program, like I said, is having that process. I, I mean, HubSpot is, is my, is my go-to. <laughs> and as you know, as a speaker, you're reaching out to so many different people, right? Yeah. There's no way you could keep up with all of that stuff unless you have a system. Yep. And I've been guilty in the past of letting things fall through the cracks, not getting back to people because I didn't have a system. I didn't have a process. Um, and I'll say with, with what I was taught through the speaker lab, it allowed me to keep in contact, really be very um, focused on, all right, I had this conversation with this person. Now for me to move it forward, this is what I have to do. And over, over since I finished the program, I think it was like late, February, early March. Um, I've probably done, uh, I'm just going to guess maybe 10 to 12 gigs. But what I, what I, how I've grown the most is that I learned that most of these things don't happen for another year or And I have things that's lined up for 2000. I probably have more lined up for 2020 than I have for 2021, just because of learning that system and the process and how those planners, how they think and how they work and how they go about putting their conferences together. So um, 2022 is looking better than 2021, to tell you the truth. That's awesome. That's cool. So at this point, you have done, you mentioned like 10, 12 gigs, and then you've got, how many more gigs would you estimate that you have booked in the coming, uh, in the future? Um. I have, um, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I have another two in June. I have one right now in July. I think I have two or three in August. Um, so another 10 or so this year and then more next year? Yeah, at least. And I, and I probably already have like not – not signed contracts, but I'm very optimistic and um, I'm, I'm, I'm about 90% sure I probably have like another 10 to 12 already set up for next year. 
That's awesome. That's so cool. All right. So you, so you've done about, since joining the program, you've done about 10 or 12, you got another 10 or 12 booked and then another, and then another 10 or 12, uh, that, uh, are, they haven't signed on the dotted line, but 90% there, they're in the red zone there and just going to push it across. Right. Right. And since they're far further off, you know, they feel like they have time. I, I want to get it signed. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, that that's that's probably about accurate. Uh, I'll probably finish this year with maybe twenty five to thirty. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. And, and give us a sense of like, are all of these paid, or none of these paid, or half of them paid? Like, what's kind of the the breakdown there? Only count the paid ones. Now, I okay. Have, yeah. So now, if you want to count the non paid ones, I'm probably gonna do about forty. Wow. So today, for example, came from a non paid event. Um, and today was paid today today was paid nice handsomely <laughs> and it was local that's even better local yeah so i spoke three weeks ago for career source poke uh, a young lady from my hometown she's like you gotta start doing stuff here i was like okay she's like are you willing to do something for free that could lead to bigger opportunities it's like yeah. sure let's do that so i spoke for an hr group here about three weeks ago 10 minutes after i got done speaking the ceo for Career Source Pope called me and she, after 15 minutes of conversation, this is what she said. She was like, so I probably can't justify paying you for speaking, but if I bought 600 of your books, would you speak for free? Mm. I was like, well, of course. <laughs> the books are $15 a piece. Yeah. Times 600. It's nine grand. Yeah. All I have to do is drive 30 minutes away. Of course. Yeah, that 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 turned out to be pretty good. So, yeah, I, I and that, was, that was today's gig. That was today's gig. And how yeah. long do you speak for? Uh, 45 minutes. And then we took Q&A for another 15, 20 minutes. All right. So you're there for uh, an hour or so uh, speaking, giving a presentation, 600 bucks. They they get uh, 30 minutes away for nine grand. That's a good day. That, that's, a, that's a really good day. Yeah, that's a that's a really good day. But what's important, like, I think it's really important to know, like, um, like hearing that, like how excited, proud of you I am, like, that's awesome. But it's also like, I don't want to sugarcoat it. Like that doesn't just magically happen, you know, in the same way that like, uh, I, like the case could be made for an NFL player. Like, oh, you just, you really just play a few minutes, you know, a game and you make, you have these multi-million dollar contracts. Like, it just seems like a cushy gig. I just like, no, there's a ton more behind the scenes that you got to do that. You got to put in the work. And again, you put in the work both, you know, quote unquote on the field and off the field mentally and doing the work to get to the point where you can show up and do a gig that, that you get a $9,000 check for in your, in your backyard. Like that's so cool, but it doesn't just magically happen. Let me tell the whole story. Um, so people can understand, Grant, the relationship that I, that I built started a year and a half ago before the pandemic. I was going to speak for this lady for her. Um, it was a state of Florida agency. Mm-hmm. It got canceled. I stayed in contact with her. We, we, we kept talking. And when I, when I moved back to Florida, she lives here in my hometown. And just making sure that that relationship was, was tight, it was good, because you don't know when the next opportunity is going to come. Yep. So we nurtured that relationship for a year and a half. And then that's when she was like, you, you, you need to do something here in your hometown. 
So that year and a half relationship turned into a free gig, not a paid gig, a free gig with no promises, no nothing, just, hey, we hope that it leads to something else. Mm-hmm. And so now it led to this free gig. If, if you don't go and do a good job on the free gig, yep. nothing else is coming, coming to you. So I did the homework. I had the conversation with the CEO. I had the conversation with, with a couple of people from this organization. Hey, you know, what is it that you guys are trying to create here? What do you want? And I'm speaking to like HR professionals. What do you want your HR professionals to leave here with? And like I told them, I can't talk from an intellectual standpoint or like a, a scientific standpoint of HR, but I could talk from an experiential standpoint of, hey, these are the experiences that I had that can relate to HR. Yeah. And by me going and having those conversations and understanding exactly what they wanted to take away and doing the homework and creating a, a presentation that spoke directly to them, that's what the $9,000 were for. Yeah, yeah. All of that work there, the, the year and a half relationship um, and, and getting canceled from COVID, but still staying in contact with, with that, that person and then her having confidence in me to just send me somewhere else to do a free one, me doing all of, all of the lead work to make sure that this non-paid gig was going to go extremely well. That's what the $9,000 was for, yeah. not necessarily just for today. That's such a good point you made there. Uh, you mentioned that you, it sounds like you do a decent number of, uh, of free gigs as well as paid gigs. So you probably turn down more free gigs than you do free gigs as well. You get a lot of invites and opportunities. So how do you filter through and determine which free gigs are worth doing and which ones aren't? So I, I really just have an honest conversation with people who reach out to me. And I tell them, hey, I'm, I'm willing to listen. And I understand that you may not have a budget, but we have to make this a win-win situation for us both. Yeah. Of course, people will promise you the world and say, oh man, I'll make sure that we do this, that, and the other. But you 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 have to you have to kind of just get through the BS and understand what's real and what's not real and the validity of what they're saying. And then really just go back because I'm I'm doing a free one for Rotary Club. But this is the 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 Rotary One, the the start of Rotary Club up in Chicago. Oh, wow. And I looked at their membership. And their membership, they have people in there that can make decisions about bringing speakers in. Yeah. So now he said that I can pitch myself to do for, for you know, paid speaking gigs mm-hmm. um, at the end of it. So that makes sense for me to, to, to do it because of the roster of people that would be in attendance. Right. So if it, if it was not the roster that they can bring out to listen, I'll have to say, hey, I, I understand. I want to do it. But this is also my profession. I put a lot of time into this. And I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm going to add value to you. And I don't necessarily see the value that I'm going to get back in return. And I, I just got to be very, very vigilant with my time because I don't have a lot of it. Right. So therefore, I'm going to respectfully decline. And, you know, maybe sometime next year we can revisit. So yeah. just let people down nicely because you never know. They may come back with something else 
say, hey, we want you. And now this time we have this to offer you. So just have have a really honest conversation and just really try to understand if they're offering offering something of value to you. It may be valuable to them, but it may not be valuable to you. And just understanding that and, and making a decision based off that. Yeah, you make so many good points there that again, they can they may offer you what they feel like is is the moon, but like you need to know for you, is this valuable or, or not? You know, so one gig in Chicago, um, uh, the uh, Rotary Club may be like, yeah, this is a, a great fit for you. Um, and you feel like that's the case. And then the, another Rotary Club also in Chicago, you look at it and you're like, that doesn't make sense, you know, but you have to know for yourself what makes sense. And the other thing you, you mentioned is it's hard to say no, because like you just enjoy speaking. It's fun. Uh, you know, if we never had to work again, like you probably just speak at any gig and all gigs because it's just you enjoy doing it. But remember, like you're running a business and you have to treat it as such. So that's why you were saying, like, you got to be vigilant uh, with your time. And, and that means saying no, even to, to good opportunities. So let's put a bow on this. Um, uh, man, this has been so good. I, I, again, I'm so proud of you and, and all the results that you've had and the work that you've put in. But there's plenty of speakers who are listening who are, again, have those same doubts and insecurities and fears going like, man, I want to do this. I want to see the results that Desmond had. Uh, I, would, I would love to do a $9,000 gig. Uh, what would you say to those speakers who were maybe where you were a few years ago? And just wondering whether or not they have what it takes. Yeah, um, I, I would I would tell them this: make sure that you're, you're doing this for the right reasons. Mm. Um, if you can enjoy the process of this grind to try to get in front of people, because you're going to hear way more no's or no answers, no, people not even getting back to you more you're going to hear the yeses. If you enjoy that part of the grind as well as delivering, you know, the message, then you're probably in the right place. Um, But it can be one of those things that it can weigh you out if you're not in it for the right reasons. I mean, yesterday I had to return 35 35 emails because I'm getting all of the the reminder tasks from HubSpot. Yep, yep. Man, I got 35 today? Like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to be here forever. (laughs) Um, But stick to the process. Yeah. Have faith in the process. Have faith in yourself and don't expect it to happen. And and listen, we we talked about a couple good wins, right? Yep. But at the same time, you may think that I'm ahead of you, but you don't necessarily know that because we may be on two different paths. Yeah. Like, I I have like and I and I think I, I told told the you guys this. I want to be doing fifty a year, and I set my goal at fifty for this year, not mm-hmm. next year, not not in three years. This year, I may hit half of that this year. Mm-hmm. So f- for me, am I doing okay? Yeah, but am I where I want to be? Absolutely not. So just like anybody else who are they're not where they want to be. Just continue to build that momentum. And when you get one, let that turn into two or three. And just to continue to build and continue to follow the process. And if you, and if you have the process from the speaker lab, you know, believe in that process. I do. It's been helping me. It's been helping me stay very focused, very on point, and, um, and, and just getting me gigs and, and not letting things fall through the crack. And if you if you are doing it the right way and if you are delivering a good message, it may take time. Yeah. 
and it may take longer than expected. Um, I, I wish I could say, hey, if you do it this way, it's going to happen at this time, but we, we never know. But at some point, you're going to have that breakthrough and you're going to be speaking to the right crowd. You're going to be speaking to the right people. That right person is going to hear you and they're going to connect you to five people. And then those five people are going to connect you to two other people. And then off you go. Just don't lose faith in the process. Don't lose faith in yourself. Um, you got a good message and the world needs to hear that message. So continue to tell your, tell your message. That's good, man. I'm ready to run through a wall. Let's go. Hey, uh, and again, I think that what's so important is that we can show you exactly what to do, which we do, but like, it means nothing if you don't actually do it. You know, a coach can hand you the playbook like, Hey man, we follow this as a team. We can, we can win. But if everybody goes out and run their own play and they're not really following along and not doing what their job is and what they're supposed to do, like it doesn't matter, you know? So you are a great example of, of someone who has trusted the process, who's followed the process, who's put in the work and there are days where it feels great. And like today and days you're just like, man, I don't know if this is worth it or I don't feel like I'm, I'm making as much progress as I would like, uh, but you keep showing up, you keep doing the work. And so again, I want you to know from me, like how proud of you uh, I am and uh, how awesome it is that uh, you're, you're, you're putting in the work and effort. So uh Man, I, if people want to find out more about you, Desmond, what you're up to, where where can we go? Uh, go to um, I'm everywhere on social media. I'm, I'm most active on LinkedIn, Desmond Clark on LinkedIn, um, Des Clark 88, D-E-Z-C-L-A-R-K 88 on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and then you got the website out there, Des Clark Speaks, that's D-E-Z, Clark Speaks. So, yeah, go and check it out. Um, my phone number and my contacts are all over the place signing a bunch of books for, for um, some young athletes today and my phone number, I put it now. So I just want to be somebody who can lend my experiences to help mm-hmm. other people um, get to where they're going because that's what a lot of people did for me. So I just want to pay that back. So um, any questions, um, if I can help, any advice that I can give, any experiences that I can share, hey, reach out um, and I, I'll be there. That's cool, man. We appreciate the time. Yes, sir. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.